welcome to Conversations with Moon, Body, Soul. Today, my special guest is the woman I owe everything to in life, my wonderful mother, Carol, or mom. Welcome to the show, mom. Thank you, Katie. Um, we She just flew in from Kansas City this morning, and I picked her up at the airport. We went shopping. We went to Italy, which if you don't know what that is, it's really great Italian food. And now it's like... 10.30 my time, 12.30 your time, <laughs> and we're recording yeah. a podcast. Yeah, so I probably won't remember anything I say. Yeah, she's tired. We got her in here just in time before she falls asleep, so great timing. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Katie. The show. <laughs> what do I call that? <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, I think people probably know you most by the jewelry collaborations that we've done. We've done a few of those, um, and we're going back to go mining very, very soon. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, so we're, we've been mining in Arkansas. We've gone, um, this will be our third time, fourth time, third, third time. This will be our third time to go mining in Arkansas. Um, we're hoping to bring back more little pieces so we can make uh, jewelry, but let's talk about how you make it. So... We dig the stones up, and then what happens? Well, we go through them and figure out which ones will be the best jewelry pieces. And then we clean them, and then the hard part happens. The drilling of the stones, I think, is the hardest part. Are you going to drill them again yourself this time? I think so. I It fills me with anxiety when I do it, just because I don't want to break you know, the stones, because we're the only people that have touched these stones when they've come out of the ground. And drilling the holes, you risk breaking them. And out of, I've, I've probably drilled, how many would you say, the pieces of I jewelry? I think we counted, and didn't you do over 100? Wasn't it just about 100? Yeah, it's been a little over 100, I think. And out of those 100, I've broken two stones. And wow, I didn't realize that's all. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really upset me when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really the, well, they're all beautiful, but these were really special stones that broke, so it was a little disappointing. I think it's so incredible that you want to drill them yourself. Um, I do know that we probably could take them somewhere and pay someone to drill them, but you bought a drill and you learned it. How'd you learn how to do it? Well, there's really not a lot on the internet. I, I tried searching it, and there's not there, there's not much on there. So uh, the little bit that is on there, I kind of pieced together the the few things I found. And Dad went in with me, and he he tried to show me his way <laughs> how to do it, and he he did a great job teaching me how to just go slow. <laughs> it's an intense process, you guys. I haven't watched her actually do it, but um, our, my sister Jen was at home and she watched and she called me and was like, Katie, you can't have mom drilling these stones. <laughs> it's so intense. Do you wear safety goggles? I don't. I just wear my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> she should probably be wearing goggles is what Jennifer said. <laughs> oh. And she also said it felt dangerous that you were like holding the thing that the stone's in. Yeah, it, it's... I'm still trying to come up with the the best way to hold the stone, and I think that 
the way I'm doing it right now probably isn't the best way, but I feel like I have the most control when I do it this way. Yeah, it's it's an intense process, you guys. There's water involved. It's just, it's apparently there's like <laughs> there's different cussing and <laughs> <laughs> and drill press that you have to use. But so yeah, so then after we go through the stones, uh, I pick out the ones from my loot. She picks out hers. We wash them. Then she goes through and drills them. And then with the earrings too, there's another layer of trying to find two that are similar. Um, are those the hardest to drill? Those are the hardest. They're smaller. And the smaller the stone, the the harder it is to drill the hole. And then the earrings, of course, you know, trying to find two that aren't, you know, find two that are really similar. And then since they're natural, you know, that's hard to do. They're not going to be exact, but we try to find them the close. Yeah. Um, and then we've made, so these are all clear quartz, if we didn't already mention that. Uh, we've made necklaces, two different sizes, some big ones, which I did not keep one. And so when we go back, that's what my goal is, is to find one to make into a nice long necklace. Um, we've done the big adjustable necklace. We've done the smaller 16 to 18 inch necklace. Did we make bracelets or no? Did we decide against that? We did not make bracelets. However, there was a girl that had previously had one that her bracelet had broken. And so she sent it to me and I fixed it for her. And I, I think I would like to do some bracelets. Possibly. Yeah, we could do bracelets. I just feel like it wouldn't lay. I guess we'd have to wire wrap or like put it a bar through it. So yeah, I think the, the bar was through it. Yeah, the, those are pretty difficult to do that. So maybe now we'll nick the bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had threaded earrings. We did hoop earrings, but the hoop earrings are kind of a pain just because they're really fragile and they're gold vermil, right? I think they are. Oh, were they? I, I think they, so. I thought they were gold. All, all I know is that mine bent out of shape a million times, and I have to have Bentley bent them back into a perfect circle because they're really, really fragile. Yeah, they, they, they really are. They, they don't hold their shape very well, although they are one of my favorite pieces. They look really cool. They are cool. So jewelry is coming. That's what I wanted to say about this. Jewelry is coming. Um, once we get back, so we're going to Arkansas um, May 20th ish that week um and we're mining but the best part is that we're also scouting out um everything for a mining retreat so where we are planning it all out we're touring the house i want to stay at we are meeting hopefully with um the personal chef that's going to cook for everybody we're going to try to meet and get in with a private mine to take you guys to a private mine so if you want to join us on a mining retreat um it'll be end of september early October, but we will have all those answers after we go to Arkansas this time around. Are you going to join for that as well? Oh, I'd love to. Um, Alice got really excited when we were in Morocco. Uh, Alice and I were talking about the yoga mining retreat and she was like, your mom can teach a class on crystal ma or on jewelry making. I could. Would you want to at yeah. the retreat? Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. She got so excited that she like dropped down in the street and <laughs> like a <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're interested in that, uh, just stay tuned after we get back. Probably in June is when we'll open up applications. And it'll probably be a really small group for this first one just to see how it goes. Um, but I'm really excited. Yeah, that'd be fun. Arkansas is super unassuming. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, it, it's very it's very beautiful. I, I was surprised, I think, about how beautiful it was. But it's like just stepping back in time. It, it, there's not a lot of 
um, hustle and bustle. It's a real slow-moving area, but it's very beautiful. I was shocked by how beautiful the environment was, but then also shocked by how much history was in Hot Springs with the bathhouses. Yeah. We didn't even go on a hike to the real Hot Springs. No, we'll have to do that. Yeah, we should. They pump uh, the hot spring water, though, into these bathhouses. And we went to one, I'm blanking on the name, but it's like a huge, basically, like almost pool type area or like giant hot tubs with the hot spring water in it. But they also have ones where you're in your own individual tub that has the hot spring water. There's apparently a lot of different ones. So we're going to go maybe try them all out so we can pick which one oh, we want to yeah. take everyone uh, to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll test them all out. That'll be fun. We're going to go test those out. And then uh, there's also a lake right nearby, which hopefully the retreat will be on that lake. Um, and of course, the mining. We'll probably go mining for a couple days. But um, what else? I want to just start with giving a little background uh, for people that don't know you about who you are. So I think I definitely get my creativity bug from you. And like my vibe to want to like learn everything myself and just do it. I feel like that comes from you. So let's just talk about, let's kind of go backwards in time. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go backwards. Recently, I guess then, you've been making malas as well and jewelry. Mm-hmm, I do. Uh, how long have you been making malas? Oh, well, I've been selling them just now for a couple of years, but I started the knotting process several years ago. I, I just thought that knotted jewelry was just beautiful. And I had um, a couple of um, women try to teach me two, at two different times. And the first woman that tried to teach me, um, she spoke English and she was from Japan and she spoke English and she was trying to teach me and it just never clicked. Um, fast forward, um, a couple of years later, I met a, a woman that was from Japan and she could speak no English. And we were communicating with each other and she taught me how to do it. And it was, I don't know, it was just an amazing experience to have her teach me. And we did not use any words. That's and, so cool. Yeah. So that's really neat. I don't know if I knew that. Or was I there? Were yeah, we you were it? there. Oh. I remember. Yeah. We were at like a show, weren't we? We buying beads, is that why? Yeah, no, that's when we um, bought those garnet beads. <gasps> Garnets. I'm a little bit obsessed with garnet, if you guys didn't know. And um, my mom actually made me a garnet mala for the solar eclipse a couple of years. Now, now it was almost two yeah, years. Yeah, two yeah, years ago. Almost. Um, and I lost it, sadly. I feel I like it's going to show up it, somewhere, yeah. but I don't know. It has not shown up. It'll show up when I make your new garnet mala. So and then you have two. So then this past year at the gym show, I found the most insane garnet beads I've ever seen. They were very pricey, but I think super worth it. And now I hope they're worth the wait because... It's been. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little busy. I brought I, you in here to shame you about not making my mom. I, I, I was going to try and surprise you and bring it, but I just ran out of time. I just couldn't get it done. Um, it's okay, because you've been really busy making a lot of people malas, and I love that people are connecting with them. What is your favorite uh, stone to work with when making malas? You know, it, it changes. Uh, one of my favorites is the garnet 
it's a very grounding stone and and I really like working with the garnet but um, the way I do them all is I'll have um, people tell me you know what stones they resonate with and I've put together some that I would have never thought these combinations would go together and it always turns out to be my favorite. Like what? <laughs> Name one. Oh gosh, let me think about the first one that I did that I I was just Didn't Aunt Tracy have you make one that you were like, I don't know about this and then you yes. didn't want to take it off? She yeah, she picked out the stones. She picked out um Tiger's Eye. Tiger's Eye Smoky Citrine. And, and there, I think there was a third stone that I used for the guru bead. And when I looked at the stones, I, it took me a long time to actually put it together because I was very hesitant. I thought, oh, this is not going to look good. But after I put it together, I put it on and immediately I felt so grounded and I loved it. And I wanted to make one for myself. I have not done that yet, but... I, I say that with every single one that I make. How many do you own personally that you keep? Me? Um, I have two. That's all? Mm-hmm. And I have as many mollas as you. <laughs> and the surprising thing about both of my mollas, I don't think I'm a, a blue person, but both of my mollas are blue. You have lapis? Is that lapis? Or what is that one? No, this one is blue kyanite. Oh. Blue kyanite with labradorite on the throat chakra. Wow. And that one's my favorite. I wear it all the time. And then is your other blue one aqua? The other blue one is um, lapis. Okay. I thought you had lapis. And it's a tiny six millimeter lapis. And I like it. Sometimes the small ones are nice. Um, I believe you still have my moonstone. You're going to restring it and put a different tassel on it. Please oh, say I do. You do. I do. Okay, thank I God. Have it. I have it. Yes, <laughs> I have it in a bag somewhere. I, I need the bag. So I have um, a lapis mala as well. But Lexi, actually, my friend Lexi, if you guys listen to that podcast, she gifted it to me, and then you restrung it. Right. You redid it for me because I busted it in the middle of a phone interview. I was on a phone interview applying for a job a couple years ago and I was really nervous and actually when it busted in the middle of the interview, I took it as a sign to not accept that job and I got an offer for it. Really? I and didn't I didn't accept it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. But it busted and I was so sad, but then you re you restrung it for me. And then I have the Moonstone Mala, which is also my absolute favorite, which I really wanted to carry on the site. Um, but we haven't been able to find enough mall like beads for it, have we? Or do you have a for lot moon, right now? Uh, I Moonstone's have, hard to... I have some. Um, the problem with Moonstone, it's pretty expensive. And then as I've gone through the ones that I we bought in Tucson, a lot of the stones aren't very flashy. I feel like, though, some they don't seem flashy, and then all of a sudden they'll flash. When I've been doing these chakra kits, there's a Moonstone for the third eye um, for our chakra stone sets, and... I was so worried this last time when I was going through them all because I thought they were not flashy and all it would take would me hold one and like start rubbing it, especially if the sun comes out. Um, I would find flashes when they are very unassuming looking like they don't. Same with when we did the moonstone necklaces. Right. Sometimes we thought they weren't flashy and then all of a sudden they would be flashy. Well, that's true. 
I'm so connected to Moonstone. That's one of my favorites. It is. That's a special stone. So I definitely want that back. Um. (laughs) Now I'm worried. I'm trying to think. I know know you have it. I know you do. I do. I I, hope you didn't de-string it and give it to someone else. Oh, I wouldn't do that. No, no, it's still. Because mine's very nice quality beans. Yeah. So I have the Moonstone and then I have an aquamarine one that I currently wear. Um, And then, yeah, the garnet whenever I get it back. That'll be, I'll have four. So yeah, you should keep some for yourself. Yeah, I I should. I just love them because I really do feel a different energy with every single one that I put on. Like the garnet one really did feel super duper grounding when I would wear it. And this uh, aquamarine one that you made me, I feel like you gave it to me not even for a gift. Like it was just a surprise. Right. I wanted to have it just come in the mail and for you to just go out and see it in your mail and say, oh, what's this? And open it up. And so I wasn't going to say that I'd mailed you anything. And so I tracked it and it was supposed to be here. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what happened, but it showed it was delivered and you never said anything. And like a day yeah. went by. And, and so then you asked if I had a package and I didn't. And then we freaked out because... Yeah, and then you wouldn't tell me what it was, but you kept going, you really don't have anything? And I was like, no, I've checked everywhere. And then it came a couple days later. Yeah, that one. Yeah, because these were some pretty nice aquamarine stones. Oh, yeah. Aquamarine is very pricey. We, Aquamarine and Moonstone are both like, no matter what kind of piece you're getting. Oh, that'd be a pretty one. Aquamarine oh, together? and Moonstone together. That'd yeah. be nice. Um, okay. Also with your malas though, you charge them with Reiki, correct? Mm-hmm. When you're making them. Same with the jewelry that she makes. Um, all of the pieces that come on our site. Um, and when did you get Reiki certified? Is that what they call it? Certified? I, yeah, I believe so. I'm... Or attuned. Yeah, you, yes, you become attuned in Reiki. You take, um, I took a class in Kansas City and um, it was a really fast class. This has been a couple of years ago now. And it was a very fast class. It was over a weekend. And you were um, attuned in level one and level two. And um, I felt like it was just way too fast. So when I um, stayed in San Diego this winter, I thought I wanted to redo my one and two. And so I went to my... Um, level one class and um, I realized the lady in Kansas City was really good really Mm -hmm. I felt more connected to that session than than the one in San Diego although the the experience in San Diego was great I I enjoyed it and I really connected with the people there but but the first one I think I'm going to try and go back and do level three with her and then is level three considered then you can attune people or? You know, that's what I always thought. Um, I'm, I'm not that sure. I, I, I need to research it a little bit more. I think there's several different schools of thought on it. Some people do a level three. And then some people have then a master's after that. The master level, I believe. I feel like I've definitely, we talked about um, Reiki on this podcast with Whitney. If you listen to um, Lunar Hair Care podcast, uh, episode 11. (laughs) Um, And she explained Reiki um, a little bit. So if you guys want to, you can listen to that. But how would you put it into words? 
it's just an energy that we all have access to. We all can... um, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, the flight and everything's catching up with me here. Um, I, I, I think that, um, can you cut some of this out? <laughs> I don't really like to cut them. Okay, well. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, Reiki is a, a healing energy. It's a universal life force that um, everybody can tap into. And... Um, whether it's through um, healing, you know, with your hands or um, I think just, you know, thoughts. Um, You can do long-distance Reiki, and that's what I'm really more into is the long-distance rather than the hands-on. I feel more comfortable with that, and I feel like I can connect with people on a long-distance level. I can speak firsthand with that, too, because I feel like almost it's the biggest blessing about us living far away from each other, because I feel like you were able to tap into the long-distance Reiki. Mm -hmm. I think the first time that you were able to do it for me, I was driving home from work when I worked in Venice, and I live here in downtown, and I had horrible, horrible cramps, and I was on the phone with you, and I was like, my cramps are so bad. And you were saying that you were going to put me in a Reiki bubble and give me Reiki. And I don't know how many minutes went by because we were still talking. And then out of nowhere, you were like, are your cramps gone? And right when you said that, I was literally out of my mouth was about to be like, oh, my God, my cramps are gone. And you experienced feeling menstrual cramps for like the first time in forever. <laughs> that's that, that's true. And this was really soon after I had taken the, the course and so you were kind of like the first person that I had done long distance with. And it blew me away. It blew I, me away. <laughs> when I started having these these cramps. And it's, you know, Reiki is real. Yeah, it's wild. I told the story of you spilling hot coffee on yourself and Whitney's podcast, too. Oh, yeah. That, that was painful. <laughs> so, um... Do you, you said you're more comfortable with long distance. Would you offer it to people if they reached out? Uh, would you offer that as like an offering or do you only like to do it to like family and friends? Um, you know, at one time I would, I think if the um, situation presented itself, one one day I was thinking about it and I really thought, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to offer this to people. And I got on my Instagram and I had this whole thing written out and I posted it and I left it up for like five minutes and then I got scared and deleted it. Why? Well, I don't know. I, I thought, I, I, I don't know. I just, maybe the time just wasn't right. I feel like, uh, I won't go into specifics, but the first person you did it to, that was a stranger. It was really, really powerful. It I had was, a friend that, yeah. I had a friend that had a friend who had a daughter who was ill and you were able to send her Reiki. And when you're doing these Reiki um, long distance sessions specifically, um, it's almost like you go sit in a meditation, correct? Mm-hmm. You do use crystals? I do. I, 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 I go into my room and I you know, 
get the room really dark and and I I actually lay down and so I go into like a meditation. I light a candle and I bring in crystals that I feel like will be needed in that session. And then um do you feel like you're clear audience where you're hearing messages or are you mainly like visual and like seeing? I see things. I I I I, I have not heard anything but but i i'm more visual i see i also feel like you have is it clear sentient or you smell or you feel Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like you very our whole my whole life have been very smells oriented (laughs) yes i can um like it first started this is gonna sound really odd but for anybody that has done this i smell my grandfather and I smell him at different times of my life. Not any particular. I haven't figured out if it's when something good's going to happen or when something's bad is going to happen. I don't know. I just, every now and again, I just feel really close to my grandfather and I smell him. He was the person in my life that was the most important person to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was actually the first death I ever experienced, too, so... For me to be able to connect with him that way and smell him is really special. Wow. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Do you, then, if you feel like you can smell him, would you ever go to a medium? Like, do you believe in mediums? I'm just curious now because Bentley and I had this conversation on the podcast. And I did not make it that far. I haven't listened to that whole podcast. (laughs) She got like an hour in. It's a long one. Um, I'm open to that. Um, I know things that I have, you know, seen and um, different things that I've experienced. So, if I found somebody that I felt was trustworthy, I would, I would do that. We we came up with a safe word. So then, because I asked him, I said, if I die, would you go to a medium? And he said no. And then I said, but what if we had like a safe word? So then you'd know there was the real deal. So we have one. We didn't say it on air, so no one knows oh, it. Oh, good. It's between that's, him and I. That's good. <laughs> but if we die, then we'll be able to finally answer the question of if mediums are real. <laughs> um, what made you want to get Reiki attuned? You know, I don't know. Um, somehow, the word Reiki just kept coming to me. And I, I, I don't know where or how or why, and so I one day I just started researching it what it was and I thought well if I can find something in California because I was going to come out here and and visit you guys and nothing you know the dates weren't right or you know it was none of the places that offered it were anything that I felt connected to and so on a whim I just thought okay if um, somebody in Kansas City maybe because that would be closer for me to to go to and it happened to come up on a date that, for some reason, I was thinking in my mind, April 9th, and I found a class that was April 9th. And so I thought, well, that's it. I'm just going to do it. Wow. I feel like you're also so very psychic that you're impossible to surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really are. Every time we've ever tried to like come home secretly and surprise you, you've known. And That's true. Yeah. I just think that's really funny. Well, here's something. I don't know if you knew this, but when I turned 40, um, Tim 
had a uh, surprise birthday party for me. And I did not know he was having this party for me. But that afternoon, no, the day before, I was in the car and a song came on, Blue on Black came on and we actually were friends with the people that wrote the song and um, I thought oh wouldn't that be cool if he had a party for me and shut up I'm serious and Mark Selby would be there and he'd put on a concert and that's exactly what he did for your birthday a couple days later mm -hmm, that's exactly what happened I and there was no clues whatsoever. It just popped in my head. Do you kind of hate that you're psychic because then it ruins surprises? Yes. <laughs> you do? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah. No, you know, you're really impossible to surprise. And then I was trying to surprise you by booking you a session with Whitney for your hair while you're here. And then on the drive home tonight, I accidentally go, and then your hair appointment's on Tuesday. <laughs> But I said, you know what, Katie, I already knew <laughs> because I did. I asked Nana. I, You're so impossible to surprise. And then you already know these things. And then I open my mouth. And, OK, well, that's funny. Um, so before you were Reiki attuned, then uh, you had a shop. Am I missing anything in between? Uh, I, I like to call you a serial hobbyist because you've done so much. Well, you know, I just feel like I keep reinventing myself i feel like my whole adult years i can look back and they're in just different sections and, and i want maybe everybody's that way i don't know i just feel like i keep reinventing myself and i i just do complete opposite things that i did before yeah you keep learning new things do you think it's the sagittarius side of you maybe are you Sagittarius? Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if that, I don't know if that's part of Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarius have a really hard time with like the mundane and the routine. Oh, that's me. They always want to explore whether it's me. like travel or it's like doing something new. Well, even I mean, going back to jewelry, um, I have to work on malas or earrings or drilling holes or working with chain or making bracelets if I could not just do the same one all the time so when I get bored with it I put it down and go do something else what's your human design I am a manifester that's apparently what it is like when Pilar came in uh she was the human design podcast guest she like saw my place and was like you this is so perfect for manifesto you have so many little areas that you can work in and it's all put out and you don't want to put anything away do you like to put your work away no I mean, neither do I I get really upset if I have to put my work away yeah your poor dad I, I have a poor Bentley <laughs> I have I have a beautiful room at home that is my room I have several desks and each desk has something different on it for me to do but I have spilled out into the breakfast room, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, yeah. I've taken over the entire half of this loft. Um, that's really interesting. I forgot that you were also a manifester, and then it's also super interesting if you compare our birth charts. We're like mirrored images. 
Which is nuts. Yeah, it really is. Like, they really do. If you put our birth charts, our astrology charts next to each other, it looks like a mirror. Like, mine all is the top half and yours is the bottom or vice versa. I don't remember. But it's very crazy how similar they It'd be they fun look. to get a reading together. We should. We should go do that. Have you ever had an astrology reading? I have not. So I've never done anything, like, any sort of reading at all. Um, besides human design, which was pre- pretty much on the podcast and, like, on the live stream. Uh, but you've gone and gotten like a crystal ball read. You've gotten yeah, and that was like crazy. your fortune told. I had a past life. Yeah, done. you've done a lot. Yeah. Do you feel like every single person you've gone to is legit? Or do you feel like you've connected more with some people more than others? Um, the crystal ball lady, um, she was at the Renaissance Festival in Kansas City and she told me probably seven or eight things um, that she saw in this ball and she told me they were going to happen all within six months and excuse me and at the time you know it was just fun and (laughs) about six months later I was laying in bed and I was just thinking about something that had just happened and I thought oh that's weird that lady said that that was going to happen And then I started thinking and counting up, and I had had about six or seven things happen that she said were going to happen. And they were so random, too. They were, and it was very bizarre. And I woke my husband up, and and I'm like, oh, my, listen to this. And I went through everything, and he's just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. He's so, he's so open, though. He, He is. He's very accepting and open, and he lets me be me. Um. I think that's so fascinating. Maybe I would go get a reading done because it would be fun. Um, But I love that you've done it. The other thing you've done that I thought was awesome is you had someone paint your aura. And then when we went and got our aura photography done, it looked so similar to your painting. And that was nuts. Yeah, I've, I've had the aura photography done twice. The first time, you were probably only about a year old the first time. What? They did this back in 1991? Yeah, well, it was probably, maybe you weren't a year old. Maybe you were probably two or three. Yeah. What? You, they did you, this you, in 1992? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you were pretty little. And um, yeah, and I went to a metaphysical fair in Topeka. I had just moved there. I hadn't lived there very long. And um, I went and had an aura picture done. I wish I could find it. Um, Do you think you still have it somewhere? Oh, yeah, it's somewhere. It's packed away somewhere. I've got it. I just want to find it. So I can put it with my other two that I have. Wow. Well, yep. my next question was, have you always um, been into metaphysical stuff or was it later in your life? You know, growing up, my parents were, my parents are very young parents and which I think is really cool because they were very open to stuff like that as I grew up. Um, nothing was looked down upon. I mean, we, you know, went to renaissance festivals and there were palm readers there and and you know it was just kind of a fun thing to go you know do and be a part of so i think that it's always been in my life a little bit um kind of comes in and out during different stages of my life but um i think it's always been there i also love that um yeah, Nana, who's also here. She's yeah. out sleeping because she's smart because it's like 1 a.m. your time. <laughs> um, she actually found her tarot cards 
literally the day that Jordan was here doing the tarot podcast and I was saying like, oh, my Nana like has been into tarot or I said something along those lines and she found the, her Rider weight deck, which is what I was saying. I really hope um, to have a deck of that someday, like the same day as the podcast. Oh. Papa randomly found it in the basement. Oh, that's great. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> So they've always been open and accepting of it. What, um, besides going to like Renaissance fairs, did like did you read tarot cards or did no. you do anything? No. No. Um. Okay. I feel like what oh, I was just gonna say. So my enterprising spirit. I was probably I was in third grade, and I had a. Um, it was for the muscular dystrophy marathon. And I wanted to raise money. And so I held a Renaissance festival in our backyard. <laughs> I had um, some of my friends. Um, we got together and we put tents up in the backyard and I put flyers around the neighborhood and we charged kids to come. And we had like beanbag tosses and we had popcorn and different things for them to buy. And then what I did, I sat in a tent and I read palms. Really? How yes. have I never heard the story? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I read Palms and I had no idea what I was doing. I was making it up as I would go. But I looked at this little girl and I looked at her palm and I don't know why I said this. I just looked at her and I said, you were five when you got your ears pierced. And she looked at me and she said, I did. How did you know this? Oh my God. <laughs> so it, that, was, that was all in fun. But... Um, yeah, that was that was fun. And we earned like forty three dollars that we sent into the muscular muscular dystrophy association. Oh, my God. That's amazing. What city was this in? That was when I lived in Tulsa. That's what I was going to guess. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, I actually take back that I've never had anything done because you just reminded me when I worked at in Kansas City, I worked at like a healthcare IT company. And this old woman named Gloria was one of the other um, administrative assistance there and I was taking over her desk because she was going on vacation and she read my palms and do you remember me telling you this and then yeah, I came I home and I, I read everyone's palms I read dad's poem your poem oh, like I yeah. she like taught me how to read that. them she told me what every line was so I actually have had something done and hers was crazy accurate too um, with now even more so in my life of what's going on and she actually told me that Bentley was the love of my life yes yeah <laughs> she did. Yeah. She was like, she she was like, you're going to be with somebody, but he's not like, like you thought you've been in love before, but you haven't. But this other person, you already know him. Like she told me everything. Really? It was nuts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I guess I have had that done, but I've never paid to go get something read. But we should go do that. It'd be fun. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. We should have done it today on Abbott Kenny because apparently the Psychic Mystic Journey bookstore is legit. Oh, I get those emails. Really? Yeah. I've heard that they're legit. I don't know. It'd be fun to play. Um, so I kind of already mentioned this. Uh, you had a shop mm -hmm. for 10 years. Oh, closer to 12, I think. Wow. Yeah. Am I missing anything in between? I like don't you think so. Getting into more Reiki and jewelry making? No, after I closed my shop, I kind of... I kind of shut down for a little bit and and yeah. I don't think I did anything. She had a shop um, in Council Grove in our hometown called Saturday Morning Boutique and it was seriously the coolest thing that's ever happened to Council Grove. 
<laughs> it is. So it was sweet. so cool. Yeah. It was, was like fun. a cute little like French, very French feeling boutique in the middle of like the tiniest town in Kansas. Um, I've always loved you did window displays. You did just the cutest stuff and you had the most fun stuff. And I still have so many clothes in my closet that I like refuse to get rid of because they came from your shop. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun time. Actually, when I started my shop, it gave me the same feeling that I had when I was in third grade. And I did the Renaissance Festival in my backyard. Really? <clears throat> yeah, after I, after I did that, it, it, I just can't describe what the feeling was. I, I just felt home. It just felt good. And that's the way I felt when I started my shop. And what made you decide to close it? Well, I have I've got three daughters that moved to California. Sorry, I instigated <laughs> and, this. <laughs> and it's my fault. Yeah, you, know, it you know, it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing, but I the first year that everyone was out here, I think I came to California. I counted it like 8 times. <laughs> Yeah. I, I came out here a lot. I, it was hard for me to um, to let go, I guess. And so I just wanted to come out here and make sure you were okay. And um, Plus, I wanted to come to California. It's a cool place. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Since It was just really hard to have a shop and be gone. Um, because I was, for the longest time, I was a one-woman show. I mean, I did not have anybody working for me. Um, it was just, well, occasionally when girls would come in and help me, uh, but y'all were, you know, in college and so, so it was just hard to do it all. I remember when we moved, I thought, I was like, God, she's overreacting. Like we're just moving. It's not that big of a deal. I've lived two hours away anyways, this whole time. Like what is it? We're going to be flied away. And then one night I remember sitting there petting my dog, Roxy, and I thought, what if Roxy told me she wanted to move to another state and I fully lived out? <laughs> I was like, what if Roxy told me she was just going to move and I could visit her or whatever? I was like, no. <laughs> I know that doesn't really make sense, but. Well, you know, since this is a Mother's Day you know, podcast, you know, what you want for your children, you want them to grow up and to be um responsible enough and want to go out and live their lives. You don't want them living in your basement forever. However, being a mother, it just really pulls at your heartstrings when they leave. I mean, it, but you want them to go, but you want them to stay. <laughs> I could totally see that. Um, so you had your shop. I loved it. I loved working there. Um, I loved coming home and getting to like go shopping and find whatever fun things you'd found. Um, I only got to go to market with you a few times where we would go pick stuff out. Uh, and that was always really fun too. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part. I'm a, I like to, I'm a buyer. I, but doesn't I like to buy. the Tucson Gem Show feel like market to you? It does. Yeah, it's it gives so me, fun. yeah. And when I buy the beads and, you know, all this, I, I feel like I'm buying because I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have so much fun at the gym show. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's very similar to how you probably felt getting stuff yeah. in your shop. Yeah. Yep. Um, before you had your shop, it's hard for me to even remember what life was like. 
Yeah, me too. It seems like you were like our dance or cheer coach. I remember oh, that for junior high. For junior yeah. high. Yeah, our junior high. Our school did not have cheerleaders, and everybody wondered why. And so I went into the principal and said that we wanted to start the program, and he said that I was going to have to go get a Title Ten coaches certificate. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, okay, where do I do that? And he kind of, I don't think he expected me to say that. And he said, well, we can't pay for that. And I said, okay. And so I went to Hutchinson, I think, a couple hours away from Council Grove and went for the weekend, took the class, took the tests, and now I can be a coach for any football team. And, <laughs> Even now, and, this yeah, many years later? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't, no, probably not. But, but you uh, could be any sort of coach you want. Yeah, to you could be any coach in the school system in Kansas if wow. you had your Title X certificate. So yeah, we had cheerleaders. It yeah, was fun. So that was junior high. And then in uh, high school, my sisters and I, we were actually all uh, in high school at the same time, which I think is really cool. Yeah, Most we people had a don't freshman, get experience a sophomore, that. and a senior, which was really fun. Yeah, and we were all on the dance team. So I guess that's kind of what that, those periods were of right. time, was like you just oh, yeah. being there for us and while we were in high school. And then you sent Jennifer off to college, and I remember that I thought you were crazy then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was tough. Yeah, having, yeah, that was tough. Or your first born yeah. go to college. And she just went... Um, 35 miles away, but <laughs> it might as well have been all the way to California. <laughs> um, Yeah. I don't know how personal you want to get on this podcast if we go earlier than that. Well, I don't know. Yeah. There might be some <laughs> tears and stuff if we went back too far. But. Um, I just would love to ask you, just in case someone's going through, and you do not have to get personal or go into any details. Um, but you did deal with a divorce mm -hmm. and you did, uh, have to deal with like horrible court proceedings and us having to go and come back and all sorts of crazy stuff. Do you have any advice for someone that may be going through something hard like that just cause you did it? Well, I think my best advice would be, you know, go with your gut. If it, you know, if you're in a situation that you should not be in and you have children, um, as hard as it is to break up a family and um, have the kids, you know, not have their mom and dad living together, um, sometimes that's the best solution and it may be hard but, you know, just do everything for your kids. I feel like that's great advice. You really embodied that. And then once you do that, you open yourself up to finding something magical. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that's true. And, you know, sometimes you have to live through um, really terrible times to be able to appreciate you know, the good times that you have in your future. So true. I feel so incredibly blessed. Um, thank you. Do you have 
any advice for moms or families that are long distance from each other of how to feel close? We know, I think we're really lucky in this day and age with FaceTime and, you know, all the texting. I, I know you and your sisters and I, we are on a text thing together. And I mean, it's like, we're just all right there. You know, yeah. you can you can stay connected and close. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, how it was years ago when, you know, people would call each other on Sunday if they were lucky, you know. Um, yeah, the FaceTime thing has been so crazy. Like we can literally just um, any like uh, if I don't get to come home for Thanksgiving or whatever it is, we can FaceTime in and see everybody. And it's really, yeah, that's been really neat. Yeah, I remember we went to Disney World. You were probably five, and we went to the Epcot Center, and the ride in the Epcot Center um, showed a futuristic family, and they were sitting there at a thing that looked like a TV screen, and they were having a conversation with somebody, and I just thought, wow, I I hope that happens in my lifetime, And, and here it is, and it happened so, you know, the way it happened, it's like it has always been around, but, you know. It hasn't. Yeah, that's nuts. I feel really lucky that we're able to call and talk to each other whenever we want. Someone asked how we stay close being so far apart, and that's why I asked that question. But I feel like, yeah, we're just always a phone call away constantly. And like Dad always says, you know, there's planes that go to California every day. True. (laughs) That's true, too. It's not that hard to go back. I try to go back at least once a year to Council Grove or to Kansas. Um, and I'm really excited because after Arkansas, we're going to get to stay there for a night. So that makes me happy. Or two. Yeah, I think two. Two nights. Um, so I'll be really stoked for that. Uh, what else was I going to say? I feel like I'm at a loss for words. Um, I'm going to open up my phone and see what questions people had because I feel like there were some really good questions. Um, I asked on Instagram if you guys had questions for my mom or for us in general. Um, Oh, here we go. Someone asked us, uh, when will we be selling more jewelry? So, like I mentioned, we are mining for crystals, but before that happens, you came with new pieces, correct? I do. Did you forget them at home? No, no, they're in my bag. (laughs) No, I I have them. the, The problem is I don't have as many as I... Or we had originally talked about. Oh, that's okay. Um, We have some necklaces coming. I think I've already mentioned this, but they're uh, black tourmalated quartz. So it's clear quartz, like a really cute faceted little teardrop. And then it has black tourmaline um, throughout it. And I just, they were the first stone we found at the gym show that I was like, we need these. They're so cool. So I'm really excited to finally get those up. And then did you bring any earrings? I did not. We also have earrings coming. I'm currently wearing them right now, but they are Lumerian quartz. Uh, We're going to call them Lumerian quartz drip earrings. They're like our threaded earring, but it's a huge Lumerian quartz hanging down. It's a a really long, they're really special. And I want to take my time on those. I have to drill the holes and I just need to be in a place where I can have some time because I think they're really special pieces. So those are coming. Um, which I'm really excited about because I've been wearing the crap out of these and I love them. Oh, I'm glad you like those. Those are kind of the prototype. They're going to be just a little bit different than those. Um, someone asked, do you do yoga? 
I do. I um, I was introduced to yoga when I was eight. Uh, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. That was a really impressionable time for me when we lived in Oklahoma or Tulsa. And um, we had some next door neighbors that moved in and they were from California. There was two beautiful girls that looked like the California girl that you would think, you know, long blonde hair and just filled with sunshine and um their name are Panda and Phoebe. So Panda and Phoebe. Panda. Panda and Phoebe, if you're out there. <laughs> I'm Carol Vance. <laughs> I love that. Um, but, and they did yoga and they taught my mom yoga. And so my mom took me um, to their class. So I was introduced to it at eight. And then throughout my life, it's just kind of, you know, my teenage years, I did not, you know, participate in yoga whatsoever but then you know after I got a little bit older I started doing it again and it's just kind of been in and out of my life yeah Nana was telling me that she bought a book when she saw them doing yoga in the backyard she's like what are they doing it's some sort of exercise and then she talked to them and they said yoga and she bought a book and she still has the book Mm -hmm. and And I have a photo of her holding the book and it's so special to me yeah and I and she uh bought me one of those books when I was in high school, actually. So I have my book somewhere. And then um, you're thinking about going and doing a training, another one. You know, I've thought about that for years. And, you know, circumstances have come up that, you know, you know weddings or, you know, whatever. And so I just kind of keep putting it on the back burner. So one of these days, maybe. You should just do it. We did our first, tra- my first training. We did it together in Lawrence when I was we in college. Yeah. yeah, that was really fun. Um, I think you should just do it. Keep looking and find one that you like. Um, what else? Oh, we can both answer this. How do you stay grounded when you feel like you're being pulled in all different directions? Well, lately, I've been meditating more. Um, I think meditation is a a tool that um, I think we need to have a program at the schools or something and teach younger kids how to how to meditate because I think it's just very important. Um, so that's what I do now. What do you do? I'm sorry, I was taking a big oh. drink of water. <laughs> Whenever I feel really frazzled, um, especially if I have like a deadline or I feel like I'm doing a million things at once, the very first thing I do is I'm like, oh my God, I'm not breathing. And I notice I'm not breathing. And so I'll take a really big breath and then everything feels so much easier. The moment I start breathing, it feels like I like have more time in a sense. I don't even know how it works, but like, Yeah. Whenever I'm like really frazzled, I'm like, oh, I'm not breathing. And then the next question I have is, have I drank any water today? Which here lately, that's been no. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. You know, that's funny. You said breathing in water. Um, just recently, I, I realized I hold my breath a lot and I have a difficult time drinking water. I feel better when I drink water. I just, it's one of those things. It's an effort. Same. It is such an effort. And I've been, I've actually been getting, and this sounds so like 
uh, extra <laughs> to say, but I've been getting Mountain Valley spring water delivered to my house. They deliver in Los Angeles. And when it's here, I drink a ton of water and I love it. And I've been really bad at guessing how many jugs we need because Bentley drinks like he drinks us out of house and home. And then I end up going on trips like I am tomorrow. We're leaving for San Diego and that's when our water comes. And so it'll be gone. By oh, the it'll time be gone. He'll probably drink a whole jug. Um, but it's, whenever it's I have it, it is that good. It's so tasty. I can really tell a difference. Um, but whenever I have like really good water, I feel like I drink a lot of it and I've noticed these past two weeks we haven't had any and I'm so dehydrated. My skin's like peeling, flaky, and I don't feel, I feel like a level of anxiety and stress that I think is associated to not drinking water. I do too. I, I do too. Um, I feel, do you know how much water? Um, I should drink personally? When you feel your best. When I feel my best, I'm probably drinking like 10 glasses a day. I think it's more than the eight that is suggested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I um, I start out slow because I go through spurts of not drinking it. And then when I start drinking it, I start out slow and then I work my way up. And I think when I would get up to almost three liters is when I when I feel my best. How many glasses is that? How many ounces? It's like a hundred and nine ounces i think hey siri how many ounces are in a liter now we're one gonna... liter is 33.81 fluid ounces so you're drinking like almost 100 ounces yeah which is <laughs> yeah no it's pretty late i can't do I math did this the even in the early. way possible <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a it's, it's a lot. lot it's more it's than lot. 10 glasses then yeah i think be like so 12. yeah um, but yeah, water, that's number two. And then lastly, I literally try to ground down. I'll go outside. Oh, sunlight, that really helps me feel a lot better. Um, sunlight for sure, but if it's a cloudy day, which there aren't many here in Los Angeles, but there are some, um, I notice like my energy levels are really low when the sun's not out, but I will go ground down. I'll go, luckily, we have like a little courtyard I have like the tiniest amount of nature here. But I have a little I courtyard. I know. I was going to ask you if you ever did earthing where you take your shoes off and just walk on the earth. But where would you do that around here? I do it out in my courtyard. It's not, I mean, it's not lush grass by any means. It's actually like a dirt pile. But there's trees out there and there's hummingbirds out there, which I will sit and watch the hummingbirds. That always makes me feel better. Um or like go up to the tree and like put my hand on the tree. But they're spiky trees. Have you seen my tree out there? I don't think so. I need to look up what it's called. There, It's like like there's literal spiky cones all over it. And then um, actually here pretty soon, there's going to be these huge pink flowers that form on it and fall oh. down. If you guys know what kind of tree that is, yeah. those cues, uh, let me know what it is. But uh, I'll go out there. That's about all I have. I just recently started driving to Elysian Park, which is really cool. Um, it's only like 15 minutes, 10 minutes away from here in Silver Lake. And it's actually near Dodger Stadium. And then there's a bunch of just trees and grass and like park. So I finally found a park close by that I really like. Um, so yeah, that's my like earthing. Well, the first time I did it, uh, we were in Aspen, and 
if anybody's been to Aspen, there's this beautiful, large grassy area where people will take their dogs and they run and they play with their, with their, um, I, I don't know if there's soccer there too. I, there's just a lot of people there doing a lot of things on this huge grassy area. And I had a really, really bad headache. And I took my shoes off and just walked across the grass. And I mean, within five minutes, my headache was gone. Really? Yeah, it was it was nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, putting your back to a tree is really nice. Walking in grass, if it is grass. But it's so funny because dads must have heard you call it that before. Because when I drove, you guys were staying um, in like Palm Springs area recently. And I drove and met you guys there. And we took the dogs to the dog park. And I instantly took my shoes off to walk on the grass. And he was like, earthing. <laughs> So he does listen to He me. does listen. He's like, you're earthing. And I was like, yeah, how do you know what that is? Yeah, I, I, he knows all this stuff. I, I talk a lot. Do you think over time, I mean, he's always been open to you doing whatever you want, but do you think over time now he's more like, I don't know if the word is like into it or like believes in it more or? He's, he's a realist and he doesn't believe in any woo-woo stuff. He's a, he reminds me a lot of Bentley and his beliefs. But, but he's very open. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't make me feel, you know, weird, you know, for, for some of the things that I come up with. But he kind of, um, uh, there's been a few things that have happened, like on some Reiki stuff that I've done on him. You know, he'll look at me and he won't really admit that it helps but he looks at me and he'll just go he'll just say that is so weird <laughs> because it worked you know I mean yeah there's a a crystal story that I really wanted to tell on Bentley's podcast and I forgot about it because now he claims he doesn't like that stone but it's because it actually makes him turn his brain off um, the Chara White the purple oh, stone oh yeah uh, I got it specifically for him when I was at one of my favorite uh, crystal importers that I go to here in LA and I saw this charo light and I'd never seen it before. It's purple, it glows, it's really beautiful. And everything the guy told me was that it was really good for like disconnecting your brain, turning off that like overactive mind and chatter to help you relax and sleep and reset. And I was like, oh my God, Bentley needs that. And so I bought that. It's so expensive. It's from Russia and you, Siberia, and you can only get it when the ground's soft enough to mine. So it's like a month out of the year they can mine it. That's why it's so expensive. So I got a tiny, tiny little stone for like $30 wholesale, like teeny tiny, <laughs> and uh, brought it home. And I told him what it did, and he said he didn't want to touch it because he didn't want to turn his brain off. I was like, come on. So... He obviously believes in the power That's enough right. to not. I'm like, how can you say it's not? It doesn't That's work right. if you don't want to touch it. And then we went to Boston for a trip and I brought it with us. And we ended up staying in Portland, Maine for the first night to just kind of relax and disconnect. And um, I finally got him to hold it. And I was going to give him a foot rub and let him hold the stone. And I was rubbing his feet and... I look up and he looked so relaxed and he said, this stone has melted into my hands. Oh, that's And those were the last words he said. And then he passed out for like three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, this stone obviously worked, but now he won't touch it. And I even got a bigger stone in Tucson of it 
for myself, but for him too. But he doesn't want to touch it because he doesn't want to turn his brain off. Well, he's in work mode now. He is. So, so just take it for vacation. Yeah, I know. I feel like he is scared if he turns it off. He like won't feel creative again. He's in like a real flow state with his creativity right now. But anyways, I thought that was a fun story because it obviously. That is great. Um, Let me see if there's any other questions on here. Who's your favorite daughter? Hmm. <laughs> I would have to say that would be Lexi. <laughs> Lexi asked no. that question. <laughs> no. If any moms out there know, okay, you have two dogs. You don't have a favorite dog. Oh, shit. You're right. I don't. You know, I mean, it's, it's so hard to explain to people that don't have children. or I can you tell know, you who's the better dog, but it doesn't mean that I love that dog more. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, as as times, you know, there, there's some kids that you get along better with at certain times than you do others, so I, it, there's no favorites, none. Hmm. Interesting. Like I just said, there can be a best dog. It doesn't mean it's the favorite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Um, 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 how do you use crystals in your daily life? Um, well, in my daily life, I work with them a lot when I make my jewelry. And so uh, whether I'm working with rose quartz or, um, you know, what citrine or whatever stone I'm working with, it, I, I feel like I benefit from that stone as I'm working with it. Um, I do have a few that I've collected and I just have them on display in my living room and I'll just go in and look at them and meditate with them. And use them in Reiki? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have a favorite stone? I feel like it changes all the time. Same. Like, I can't answer that. It, I can it, tell you what my favorite one is today, but that's about yeah, it. it. It changes for me all the time. What's the one you're most drawn to recently? Um... Well, it, it changes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. On any given day, I, you know, like, I, I don't know. Did you bring any with you on this trip? Do you travel with them? Uh, I usually do. I did not this time. Well, you oh, travel with a massive one on your neck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that one got me stopped at security and they had to pat me down. <laughs> but yeah, I have a, a, a big quartz that I had found in Arkansas. And uh, yeah, that one's pretty nice. I think clear quartz is pretty special. I think it's um, like the mother of all. I do too. And I don't think it gets enough credit. And like, at least when I'm updating the website and I add clear quartz, which I have a ton of clear quartz right now that I need to list, but I just haven't because it is one of the very last things that people want gravitate towards. And I'm shocked by it. Um, I think it's, you know, it amplifies every other crystal. I agree. And I feel like it's maybe overlooked because it's not like a bright, fun color. But I find that I get lost looking in a clear quartz into like the rainbows, the inclusions way more. I know. Me too. Me like too. even the babies. That's the hardest part maybe about when we mine these. And first off, the hardest part is letting go of any of them. I agree. The jewelry has actually helped me because I would probably keep every single one of those babies. But like the bigger stones, I've never let go of a bigger stone. I just haven't. Like I have put some up that I've mined, but they're all like the crummiest of the crumb. 
I can't let go of them. And yeah, and they're not crummy though. No, they're There's not crummy. crummy. They look amazing, but but I mean, you know, I, it's I, really hard for me to let go. Well, and it's probably too. I mean, you're the only human hand that touched that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I find that so fascinating. If you guys haven't watched um, on IGTV, I don't have very many videos, so this should be easy to find. But I uploaded the three-minute long video of me unearthing the biggest the big clear quartz. Oh, yeah. yeah, you recorded me digging it out. And you say the most mom thing possible oh, at the no. end of what the video. Oh, no. What did I say? You, go, you better go put that somewhere safe. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> I promise you did. I laugh every time I listen to it. Oh, you're not going to hang oh, out with me anymore. Can you guys hear it, Roxy? My dog's on the floor and she's having a nightmare. She's barking. Did you hear? Woof, woof. Um, I'm just going to let her have her nightmare. Uh. Anyways, yeah, if you want to go watch that video, I'm digging up. It's really fun because when you're digging in the earth and then all of a sudden you like hit something hard, first off, you don't want to harm it. So you instantly start making a bigger like digging radius around it. And I thought I went big enough and I kept hitting something. I actually scratched it a few times because I didn't realize this. I was using a screwdriver and, uh, finally when I was like oh my god there's something big here and I like could see this big flat side I gave you my phone I was like okay mm-hmm. record this um I finally got it pulled out and the moment it comes out of the earth the video shows it's covered in rainbows that I've never seen since really do you remember seeing this in real life you were probably I don't know if you're watching through the phone or if you're watching what I was doing but Go watch it. It's nuts. But um, it's a tabby, which means it's a big, flat uh, crystal. And then it's a lestial, which means it has, like, so many points that almost look like a mountain range. They're, like, flat points that build up upon each other. Um, So I thought I was digging up this huge point. And then when we got it out and I flipped it over and we saw all of the lestial points, oh, my God, it was so cool. Yeah. And then the moment that we got into that pocket, so they're called pockets. When you hit a pocket um, in your crystal mining, the mud's going to feel like peanut butter. That's how you know you've gotten pocket um, because where there's water, there will be crystals. And the moment we got in that pocket, I was pulling them out. I was shoving them in my apron as fast as I could. And then we got that big one. Then a lightning storm came and we had to leave. The moment we got in that pocket, I know there were other ones. I know, and do you know what I did? It was did? the only real pocket we found, I think. I had a little ledge that I had had some special ones set up on that ledge, and we had to hurry up and get out of the area or else we would have been flooded in there. We got out literally at the right time. We uh, Yeah, I was a downpour as soon as we got off of the dirt road. But I was digging until the moment he was like, you have to no. stop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to go back. I know. Me too. It'll be so fun. Um, But yeah, when you find a pocket, though, they're just filled in there and you can just pull them out and it's really exciting. And I really hope to find another pocket. Oh, it's magical. Oh, you will. will. Yes. Yes, I will. Um, Are you excited to go back in mine? I am. I love it. I'm shocked at how much you love it. I didn't think you would. It's uh, it's fun. It's really it's, grounding. It's too. hard work. It is I mean, hard work. it is hard work, but it's 
good work. It's it's rewarding when you find them. That, there you go. That's the word. I will have to say bye to my perfect nails. They're going away. Yeah. Trim them up. And yeah. That's a real big tip. Clip, clip your nails off before you even go because if you're like me, first off, you should wear gloves. I don't really like to. Yeah, I, I start out with gloves and then yeah, I just, I, up I have to fill the earth in my hands. I mean, that's the way I go. I do too. And then if you are digging with just your hands, even with gloves or without, the moment you hit anything hard, your nails are going to bend backwards on you, which is what happened to me last year. And I'm like, why didn't I just clip them off? Um, so yeah, clip them off. My next tip would be don't go in the middle of summer, which we're slowly getting better at that. We're going in May, but it's still getting hot. <laughs> I, I hope I we're early know. enough. I, I think we will be. I think it'll be early enough. There's been so much rain, you know, over in that area. So oh, yeah. I think it'll be nice and cool and ready for us to find some good stuff. Um, I'll keep giving some tips, but you should really look on the website because I wrote a blog where I really thought out all of the tips, which I'm probably going to go back and read myself before yeah, we go so, again. Yeah. Just so I'm reminded of everything. But um, you're going to want different tools based on if it has rained or if it hasn't rained. So if it hasn't rained, you're really going to want like a brush. So you can like brush away the old dirt to see if you see any crystals so you aren't harming them. Um, if it has just rained, that brush is going to do you no good whatsoever. <laughs> um, we learned that. Um, but you're going to want like a little shovel, um, a screwdriver to pry stuff out, gloves. Um, oh, hot tip and apron so you can put That's little stones right. in yeah i can't believe it took so long to figure that one out yeah the apron is so clutch so you can have a little place to put like your screwdriver your phone if you want to <laughs> take photos <laughs> videos um and then yeah any little crystals that you find so you don't have to go back to your bucket or wherever you're doing because i feel like if you find a really great one you don't want to put it in a bucket right we'll I, your other yeah. ones. I put those in my apron yeah anyways i'm just stoked to go mining like really excited um do you have any tips for someone going um i think uh, wear some heavy duty closed toed boots or shoes of some sort i think um the first year i went i had like these old doc martin leather boots and then the second time we went I did not take those. I could not remember what shoes I wore, and I can't remember what I wore the second time. But it wasn't as it wasn't as easy. And so, so take a closed-toed, heavy shoe. I think that's good advice because it depends on what mine you're going to. But some of them you will be like kind of on a mountainside, or you'll be walking through like very rugged, rugged land. Um. Oh, I was also going to say. Look for mining in your area. You guys would be shocked at how much mining is around. Like, really, you'd be shocked. Most of it is not public land, which sucks. Um, but there are some public mines. There are some in South Carolina I really want to go to. Mm -hmm. They have amethyst. You've mined uh, Herkimer Diamonds. Oh, yeah. You've mined garnets. You went up to New York. I didn't get to go on this trip. Oh, yeah, that was that, that was a lot of fun. The, the thing that's so amazing to me is the different stones, how the mining is different oh, for it's each so stone. so different. Um, it took me, we only um, mine for Herkimer's 
for one afternoon, and it wasn't until the end of the day that I finally realized what it was I was supposed to be doing. Because what I was doing was like I was looking for the quartz, and I was digging in the dirt, and that's not what you need to do. For the Herkimer diamonds, you need to break open stones. And when you break open these stones, you have a potential of breaking open stones and not finding anything. But when you do, stones are like clumps of dirt. Well, they're really, really hard rocks. And you were just moving them out of the way. And we were moving these out of the way. But what you're supposed to do is take some tools and break it open. Wow, that sounds fun. Kind of like a geode in yeah. a way. But when but then you, it could be filled with her. But when you break it open, if you find the right one, thousands of Herkimer diamonds come falling out. And so what I found was the remnants of that when somebody breaks them open. And if they didn't get them all picked up, that's what's in the dirt. And wow. it, it took me all day to realize that that was the case. Um, tell me about garnet mining. The garnet mine that we went to, I can't remember the name of the mine. Um, it was a beautiful area. And you you paid at this little hut, and then they, you, you drive back into this area. And years ago, they used to blast this area. And they would get all the garnet. And I mean, it was used for so many different things. Garnet, you wouldn't believe all the stuff that they used it in. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at my video that I took. But where what we went and saw, garnet was just covering the ground. I'll go back and look for my picture and I'll try and put it on my story. Um, when you're walking, it's just thousands of little garnet shards everywhere and you could just pick them up and i i, I don't how come i haven't seen these shards did you find a lot of good ones i've got some at home i you know I, I i have a little baggie full but they're really so small i can't figure out what to do with them i mean they're really misshapen and so i don't and they're really small and thin so i don't think you can make jewelry with them um did they have at that mine was it possible to find like uh uh is it octahedral that they grow in or dectahedral no tin sites i can't remember yeah how yeah it the, this, this that's what i thought we were going to be doing but no this was um just slabs of the garnet that's in the i don't know if it's in granite or what it's in in and they were just blasting it out of this off the side of these mountains and so then all these little shards are just everywhere. And so that's what we were doing. There was like a little pond right there, a little um, fresh water that was coming through. There was like a little waterfall. It was so pretty. I want to go. It was beautiful. Uh, the next thing that I really want to call in, universe, are you listening? I want to go aquamarine mining <gasps> in Colorado. Where's that? Well, it's private land. But uh, if you go on YouTube, oh man, I don't know the name and I don't want to get out my phone and try to look right now. But there's this episode, and maybe I'll post this on my story so you guys can watch it, um, of these people that mine. Uh, they own all this land. I'm trying to think how many acres they have. They have tons of land uh, outside of Vail, maybe. I don't know exactly where it is. 
but uh, it's been in their family for generations. And the grandpa like mapped out a literal treasure map of where he knew all the stones were. Oh, wow. And then he passed it down to his grandson and said, you have to go find these. And so he has a gem shop and jewelry shop um, down in the town, down from the mountains. And then the show, they only have one episode out so far. Um, and it's shot really well. Uh, I sent you a video, I think, Mom, recently on when I was watching it. But I was like clapping and like, Bentley's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching. He's like, when did mining become reality TV? <laughs> it's amazing. I wonder if this is the people that came to Topeka at the place that I had my uh, aura picture taken. And I, I want to say it's aquamarine. And there's a, and what they do with some of the um, aquamarine is they crush it up and they put it in face products. And I bought some cream that I'd completely forgotten about, and Recently I loved it. Or in 1992? No, this is like a couple oh. of years ago. This was like a uh, in 2016. Um, you know what's funny? If they do, I they think, might because the wife has a beauty shop. I really so think the that, wife has. If you guys are listening, if somehow oh. you find this, please invite us to come. Yes, back please. <laughs> um, the wife has a beauty shop. And then he has the jewelry and gem shop. And then he has like a team of people mining for him. I'm for hire. Please hire me. I'd be your, one of your best miners ever. Um, but they show you how they're mining for these insane aquamarines. And I don't want to spoil this first episode. You should go watch it. Watch it till the end. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. It's cool. I'm just curious. Are they chunks or are they? They're finding. So aquamarine, if you guys aren't aware, I'm holding a piece right now. It's a barrel. Um, it is uh, usually in its fullest growth. It's faceted naturally. So it looks like it's been cut in this shape. And it looks like a barrel shape, which the name barrel makes it really easy to remember. Um, it has one, two, three, four, five, six sides. So it's like a hexagonal barrel shape like a tube um and when you're finding it in its fullest growth nicest form it's going to be like that already and it will be like oh aquamarine is so cool to me that's beautiful um and yes in colorado they're finding insane pieces that are like this yeah so i really want to go do that but it shows the different ways of finding them and one of the things i really loved is he's talking about how the mountains are literally moving always constantly it's so funny to think about how we think life is so static but life is constantly moving i was thinking about that when you plant something in the ground because i recently planted my lemon balm mm -hmm. And we wait and wait and every day we check and we're like, oh, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere there's a seed sprouting. It's just because our version of time, imagine if we could just speed up time, it would be so magical if you just like, and then out came a seed, like yeah. dropped it in. So slowly, but always, the earth is moving. And they talk about in the show how the mountains are moving and literally pushing the aquamarine to the surface, which to me feels like that's just like, I don't know, a little hint from the universe that it wants to come out to the top and be used. I don't know. I feel like some people think that we should leave these stones in the ground. Obviously, if you know me, I don't think that. What do you think? Well, if they're left in the ground, I mean, what purpose is that going to serve? Maybe they're good ley line energies. Like, That's maybe true. it is. But I don't That's know. True. I feel I like... Know. 
I don't know. I just, I'm just so amazed at all of the colors and all of the shapes that are, it's natural, it's real. It's not man-made. I, I, I just marvel. I think there's a lot we don't know about them. Um, I know Nikolai Tesla said that they're living beings, which I think is really cool. And again, that goes back to like everything's moving and changing constantly. Oh, everything's energy. And then also when I asked when we were in Arkansas, I said, are you guys worried about people mining up all the crystals? And they said it would be literally impossible in our lifetime to ever do that. And by the time we would get to them, there'd already be more. Yeah, that's hard. that's hard to wrap my head around. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around, but it made me feel like, because I've wondered too, like, should Is we be taking be, them out? Right. But I think if if you're doing it yourself, first off, amazing. I think it all comes down to like sustainability and ethical work rights and not buying anything that you don't know where it came from. Really, so that's how I look at it. But... Because I'm sure there are, in all situations, in all industries, things that are not good about it as well. Well, one thing, this is kind of changing the subject a little bit, but it made me think about all of the fake pieces out there. Yeah. I mean, there is some crystals that look real and they are not. And so you have to really research and 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 know what it is that you're getting not only that but sometimes they're even using words that are they're not deceiving you but if you don't know what those words are then you're not going to realize they're fake or mm -hmm. not fake but they're not like real from the right. earth i'm trying to think of the word for quartz uh just last night bentley and i were researching um trying to find this particular crystal online and he said oh my god babe look at this one it's smelt is that the word smelt quartz he goes it's huge it's called smelt quartz and i said that means that it's not real slag maybe was it slag like just glass maybe he said so he goes it looks real and i said i feel like that word for some reason i feel like that's not real so he looked it up and he said that it's melted like quartz chips and then they're remolded into that shape wow so it didn't grow like that um, but that's something that if you didn't know that word, you might be like, oh, that's that type of quartz and cool. Right. Same with, um, like angel aura quartz. Oh, yeah. That's treated. That's titanium. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I don't know. I, I prefer the natural. I, I, I that's what I prefer. Um, some of the colors that they have, um, I'm trying to think of which one that I bought before I really knew what it was that I was getting. You bought us some really pretty, what you called strawberry quartz, and <gasps> it had the aura, tangerine. Oh. Anyways, it was... Sunset. Yeah, sunset it was treated. Quartz. It was gorgeous. It was pink. But it was treated. And, and I made you girls necklaces for yeah. Valentine's Day, and it was pink quartz. But what it was, it was coated in gold and then heated and then each one was different colors depending upon how hot that particular piece got or how much gold was on that. So I thought that that was kind of neat that it, they're using real gold on it, mm -hmm. but then it just creates something that's an unnatural color. So, I thought they were beautiful. They are pretty, but now that I know a little bit more, I, I prefer the natural. I do too, and I try to I try to stick with that on the website. I know when I um, first saw irradiated smoky quartz 
-hmm. it looks really beautiful but then the moment i learned what it was i was like oh do i really like this um if you're not familiar irradiated smoky quartz um, when it's called irradiated smoky, that means that we have irradi irradiated it with radiation, heated it up, and that's how you got a clear quartz piece to turn to a smoky piece. A couple ways of noticing when this is done, um, if you're buying something that says smoky and it doesn't say irradiated, but if you want to know if it is or not, first off, it'll be almost black in color. But that doesn't always give it away because I have a few pieces out there. I don't know if I've shown you yet, but they're smoky quartz from Idaho and they're not irradiated. Oh. I know the person who dug them up. Um, but the other thing that gives it away is the base of the crystal of the quartz will be white still. So whenever there's a stark contrast of a very white base really? to a black um, point and it's like darker where it would be clear, um, that's when you know it was irradiated. Which I don't know. How do you feel about irradiated? It's like basically well, putting a quartz in a microwave. <laughs> oh, right. So it's eventually going to get that color if the earth was heating it up naturally. That's what but, smoky so quartz is. So you're just speeding it up. Right. So, yeah. So they're just speeding up the process to get to that. I don't know if you would say speeding it up because only certain parts of the earth, I guess, would have that radiation and the heat. So not. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like it's not like all those quartz in Arkansas are, are going to turn, turn okay smoky. because I don't they don't have that type. I'm of not a heat geologist, there. right? <laughs> I know I would love to take classes and learn about. Did you bring your book? Please say yes. I she just got a geology book and she didn't bring it. Well, you can see it when you come home. Boo! I was trying to keep my stuff light. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, my friend Karen, who I hope to have on the podcast soon, she's amazing. Her dad is a geologist, I think. Really? But from France. Oh, So wow. she will have to uh, translate, but there's a chance that on Tuesday we'll get to meet them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Really yeah. great. Um, but I would love to pick his brain about all these things. All of them. Because he actually has a machine that he can put quartz in and crystals in and see if they're real or not. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What's How does it do that? I think How's it does it something with heat. She didn't really know, but she was telling me that either him or his friend, who's a geologist, has a machine that you put it in to test it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. But I really want to talk to him about Chalcedony, because I'm recently becoming really connected to Chalcedony. So I didn't realize that Chalcedony is basically, it's a form of quartz but it's a different form of quartz. Um, it has basically the same makeup of quartz. It's still a silicon dioxide. Uh, please don't quote me on any of this stuff, you guys. I'm just learning. <laughs> but it's a silicon dioxide, um, but it has like different formations, whereas quartz, I think, has trigonic crystal structures. Uh, Chalcedony has like, um, what's the word? Like linear? structures. Agate is a form of chalcedony, which I didn't realize. Jasper is a form of chalcedony. There's all of these things that are forms of chalcedony. Hmm. Um, but chal chalcedony is the overarching like family, I guess, or mineral. Um, but like grape agate, if you're familiar with what that looks like, yeah. that's chalcedony. Really? Yeah. But grape agate is when it um, is 
dodecahedral. I'm probably butchering all these right. words, um, but it's when it looks like little balls, like little grapes. Oh yeah, there's some really. I've never seen one in person, but I've seen pictures of those. I thought we saw them in Tucson. Oh man, that was a feast for the eyes. I, there was so much to see in Tucson. I don't know it's, if I was with you or Lexi, but yeah, I don't remember I don't exactly I, where I, I finally got I a whole grape agate. But now that I know it's just a form of chalcedony, um, not that that makes it any less magical, but grape is when it's purple, which makes it more rare. Um, I think it's really neat that it's when it just grows in that like bubbly, yeah, bubbly structure. I don't personally have a piece of it. I don't think. But I took Karen with me when I went this last time to go to my crystal importer, and she, uh, she ended up taking home a box, and one of them has the bubbles. Oh, wow. But hers is light blue, so it's just considered oh. agate or chalcedony. I don't even know, but it's all chalcedony. I did not know that. Which I just learned it was pronounced chalcedony. <laughs> I was saying chalcedony. <laughs> I know. I kept trying to tell you. So don't, I, I should not have a podcast. We should stick to the oh, right no. word. You know what? What are words anyway? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I find I'm really connected to chalcedony right now. And I kept actually a piece from Karen's box that... Uh, it looks like it's glowing. It looks like it's oh, like iridescent. It. It's yeah. out on the coffee table. And I um the bottom of it is open and it looked like it was just filled with dirt, like it hadn't really been cleaned. So I soaked it. Um and then decided to like try to clean it out. And I got some of the stuff out. And then I realized when I was trying to get everything out of the inside, there's a crystal stuck up inside of it. And then I took a bath. And I brought it into the bath with me. And then even more stuff got loose from that bath. And um, now you can actually see that it is some sort of crystal is stuck up inside. Like, You'll have to see yeah, it. Yeah, you really. can shake it and you can hear it. And then if you shine a light in the middle, you can see it. And it looks really cool. Oh, and I was wrong when I was on the phone with you. It's um, quartz and moganite, not morganite. What's that Moganite? makeup calcity? It's a okay. form of um, some sort of a something a silicone. Yeah. I don't know. I really want to learn all this. I should just go back to school for geology. <laughs> if I could do it over. Um, but yeah, it sounds. I'm I'm just fascinated by it. Oh, but before we wrap up, I bring a crystal into the room for everybody of what I think embodies them, and. It was really hard for me to decide what to bring into the room for you, but I feel like a pot light is your stone the more I learn about it. Um, I was debating between a pot light or straight up rose quartz because I feel like you're so loving, but I feel like your third eye is so open that a pot light is what I chose. I do love a pot light. And in fact, I had not ever even heard of a pot light until I think it was about a year ago. And I went to a shop in Dallas, and I, I kept seeing it everywhere. And so that's when I first found Apophyllite. I love it. I remember you told me about it. You were like, Katie, I have this new stone. It's called Apophyllite. I love it. Um, I thought someone mailed it to you as a gift. No. Um, after I saw it, I did. I bought a little bitty piece, and then I got online, and, and I found somebody that um, they had some. Um. I just remember that you had it and you told me about it and I thought, oh, whatever. And then 
when I came home, you were like, here, hold this. And I was like, holy cow, this is so cool. Yeah, you saw my three little pieces and one was just, oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're crazy. Um, I had bought like, so they they grow, um, they're different than quartz. Although they grow in a crystal formation, the crystal is more pyramid shaped. Um, than it is like a six-sided quartz. I believe it has But they look so similar. They, they really look similar. To, they look to similar, but if you if you know what quartz right. crystallizes as, like here, hold that one and look at it. You'll notice that the points are way different than a quartz crystal point. You don't have your glasses on. <laughs> you can feel it and braille it out. <laughs> um yeah, but they are just, they're so neat. They don't like to get wet. They're connected to your third eye. And I had bought a bunch of these little pyramids. Like, I want to say 12 of them probably that I was going to list. It took me so long to want to let go of any of them. I ended up gifting them all to friends and family. Um, I just love them. Isn't that nice energy? It's very, like, I don't know, cleansing and watery. and Yeah, yeah, they're they're beautiful. And super rainbowy. We're just mesmerized by the Apollo yeah, light. Yeah, I, I can just <laughs> I'll just sit here and stare at it forever. Um, is there anything we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I I know what we should talk about. What? We haven't even touched on. You were the first person that taught me how to make a bath bomb. I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mine was filled with all the junk and yuck and and everything, and you uh, you took it and you turned it into something wonderful. I did, but with your help. I, you did not stop at just helping me learn how to make them. Um, when I was in a bath and I realized my first thought was, I think this should be like a subscription service where you get bath bombs sent to you so you remember to take baths. That's what this started <laughs> I as. To take you know what I mean. I like, know. It just, it just struck me Like fun. you could go out and you could yeah, I buy know, them. I know. I know. But if I'm you haven't said to you. Um, and so I knew that you knew how to make them. And so I called you and asked and you said, yes, of course. And so I flew home like the next month and you showed me how to make them. And that's when the light bulb went off in my head of like, well, what are all of these ingredients that are going in here? Um, and so I became very meticulous researching every single one. Um, yeah. Did you ever think I was going to crack the code? I knew you would. I didn't think I was yeah, going you're, to. You're tenacious. You'd stick with it till you did it. I didn't I think knew. I was going to. I spent more than a year trying to crack yeah. the code because I think I came home in like in May. It was probably around this time of year I came home. Um, yeah, and then we launched again in May. Wow. Yeah, that's... That's crazy. No, I did not think I was going to crack the code. I didn't. I mean, I was at the last week. I was like, I'm giving up. And then the first order that I ever sent out, actually, it didn't make it either. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make these balls work. But you did. But they do. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to know, I know she's my mom, so she has to love my products. But if you want to know my mom's favorite products. <laughs> I do love your products. Um, They're up on the blog right now. We are going to have the sale go through Mother's Day. So if you're hearing this, the sale's probably ending the day you're listening. <laughs> um, but uh, you can go on the blog and read about which favorite product she has and why. And trust me, I know she's my mom, but she's also a very picky person and she does speak her mind. She's the reason why my products are 
have the quality that they do because she will be honest and tell me um, if she doesn't like something. So thank you for always being honest. <laughs> That's also your Sagittarius thank nature, you. I think. Oh, is it? It is. <laughs> I need to learn more like, about myself. It's being brutally honest. Um, Without from a good place i think it's from a it's, good place but it can come off harsh to people because yeah. you just you're just so yeah blunt yeah yeah go. <laughs> sorry sorry anybody if i've ever offended you i don't mean to <laughs> oh don't apologize i'm just gonna look and see if there's any more questions that someone asked that we should answer before we hang up <laughs> you're used to talking to me on the phone i keep saying hang up oh I don't know why, but yes, I am used to talking to you on the phone. Um, how does your mom help you feel good long distance? We kind of touched mm -hmm. on you doing long distance Reiki. Mm -hmm. Would you just suggest someone goes and gets Reiki trained or do you have suggestions for connecting with someone far away? I kind of asked you that. Um, I think everybody should you know, delve into Reiki a little bit, whether you're going to, you know, help yourself if you have a headache or um, want to connect with somebody from far away. Um, is that what you asked me? Yeah. I was kind of asking about far away. It's oh. so late for you. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. I kind of, I'm in la-la land now. I'm getting my second win, so. You should just ask you anything. I did realize, we did talk about how you ground yourself. But, very last question, are there any self-care practices you're doing right now? How do you care for yourself? Um, I'm kind of, I, I, I do things different all the time. One of my favorite, favorite things is, um, especially in the wintertime when I'm really cold, I like to take a nice hot bath. And then in the middle of the day, I go crawl underneath my covers in bed, have a comfy pillow and my comforter and turn out the lights, close the curtains and take a long nap. That to me is my self-care. Have you always been able to nap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I can sleep anywhere. I cannot. I especially cannot nap the closer it gets to the evening if i take a nap and i wake up and the sun has set oh, oh it's over really oh yeah i cannot and then if i nap too early in the day i feel like i'm wasting daylight and i have to get out in the sun yeah i don't think i, I wish that was a trait you passed down yes. <laughs> you just have to forget about all that and just think how good the nap's gonna feel wow I feel like dad must have not said this to you. To us, he would always say you could sleep when you're dead and make us get up <laughs> and go do stuff growing up, especially like on the weekends or the summertime. He's never done that to you. He's never shamed you out of napping. No. I think that's why I'm broken. No. <laughs> <laughs> His motto is you can sleep when you're dead. He's a super hard worker. Yeah. Well, I think that's also where yeah. I get my drive from. He could go golf, 18 holes of golf, come home, mow the yard, and still have energy. Yeah, he just has an unbelievable amount of energy. That's inspiring. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for staying up late. I know we have like a semi-early day planned. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom for somebody? Um, I just want to thank you for 
I'm going to cry. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I'm so tired from traveling or if you just bring out the emotion in me. But I think we're both really emotional. I think I get that from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listening to your podcast from Morocco and you talked about how much you cried over everything. Before you said that, I was crying over everything you were talking about. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I was crying either until people were like, shocker, you're crying. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for, for thinking to have me on. That, that means a lot to me. Of course. I look, I look up, I look up, look up. Is my mom? What's going on? Did you hear that? Yeah. We were just visited by aliens. I think so. I do. No, we didn't do anything. My mic just freaked out. I was just going to say I look up to you a lot. And I'm really inspired by especially, not that age has anything to do with anything, but how you're always willing to try something new. And that's really inspiring to me. I know one time I told you, you you were a serial hobbyist. Oh. And you took it like in a bad way. Do you remember this? Oh, okay. It was when you were trying to learn to mosaic and do something else at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember now? <laughs> um, but really, that's a compliment. I think it's so cool to want to learn something new and dive into something. And thank you for inspiring me to do that and always being there for me. Oh, thank you. I love you. I love you. If you guys want to uh, reach out to my mom, if you want any Reiki-infused crystal malas, you can find her at For the Love of Violet, and there's dots between each word, so for dot the dot love dot of dot violet <laughs> um, on Instagram. You can reach out to her there. Can they also email you, or do you have your website URL changed yet? I do not. She's working on a website. When it's live, she'll let you know. Um, but yeah, reach out to her if you want anything. We will have jewelry coming like really, really soon. Probably the week that this podcast is out. Happy Mother's Day. Go hug your mom if you're lucky enough to have your mom in your life. I'm so happy you're here. Happy to be here. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to hear more and leave us a review. If you have any special guests or any requests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send us an email to hello at moonbodysoul.com.